equity of up to £150 million. You're in the theatre, fine, you're here to win games. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good uh, to recognize uh, different phases during the game. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. It is episode 120. Bit of a mini midweek pod for you here. I've got Shuban alongside. He is at the real Shuban. Shubs, how are you, mate? I'm all right, man. It's E tomorrow, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, we're recording this on late late Thursday evening in the UK for Shuban. So thanks to him for for staying up late and uh, squeezing this one in. We just wanted to get a little bit of vibe because uh, we we talked about this a little bit on the weekend. But I know you were there on Saturday for the Bournemouth match, and um, it was not pretty. Obviously, the vibes were not great. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get your feel for you know. What's going on over there? Because you are our, our boots on the ground, as it were. And, uh, you know, obviously vibes right now with this club are not good leading into what's obviously a pretty m- massive match of the weekend against Newcastle. Um, the best I can describe it, you were here for the Milan and Forest game and you walked around the streets before you went to the stadium. You could feel an energy, right? You could feel like a buzz before you went into the stadium, right? This place was buzz-free. It was a warm, sunny day. There was no energy. There was no singing. It was honestly, it just seemed, it was like, 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 I don't know, like zombies or something. Everyone was just, they were there and they were doing their thing. But it's just, there was just no energy. And I went in and the person I sat, who sat next to I sat in the park lane upper. Um, so, so basically to my left is the goal. And um, I was like looking around, and there was like literally no one next to me for absolutely ages. And I was like, I was like smelling my armpits, like what the hell did I do? I reek or something? And it was, and then my friend came up, and then within two minutes, it was a Levy out song. Within, and the thing is, so the, so the thing about the goal was, I don't know, if it was like in your bar, but people celebrated it, but it was more like the way like people will celebrate like a, a four or six in cricket, they'll like clap and whatever, but that was it. There was no like that that incredible joy and that euphoria just wasn't there. Um, I don't know how to describe it for American fans, but it was like, oh yeah, well done, and that was it. It was, just, and then it was like within two minutes, it was Levy Levy out again. But then the Richard Pochettino song uh, that was, I didn't sing it not because, I mean he, I mean I, I sang it when he was our manager, and then I definitely do adore him, but it just seems so pointless, but. It was it was when I gotta say I gotta say when we got the Davison Sanchez bit, which I'm sure I'll come up to. That poor guy. I don't know if they do pinatas in Colombia, but my god, he felt like one. Yeah, that's where I was gonna go it next with this. When 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 Longley goes down and, and Sanchez comes on, I mean obviously thing that's when things really started to turn. What was what was the vibe inside? Obviously he he heard the abuse and in the days after both both he and and Pedro Porro, you know, got the online abuse. What what was the vibe though inside that venue? Because honestly, you know, Scott and I talked a little bit during the weekend pod after the game, and it just it felt uncomfortable more than anything for, for watching it. On oh television. god. Well, well, thing is, his thing when he came on, it made sense. It was like we were, we were like asking, "Where's he going to go? Is he going to go on the left or something?" Because clearly, someone to come on. Longley was going off. 
they weren't going to go to well they weren't going to go to four at the back because that was the first half but then it was like and they said oh I think yeah and then we saw Romero so okay well Sanchez and I said this last week I said this not last week the week before I said well if we can't trust Sanchez to do a job against Bournemouth what's he doing there and it felt like as if and obviously he was rusty I mean, he hasn't played for ages but they seem to be like an error. And you saw, and you saw cause the thing is, you didn't see the, I didn't see the initial Porro error. I just saw his error. And then it just, he just, he, he just, you couldn't see, but he just didn't, the body language didn't seem all right. He just seems a bit nervous, which you would be. You've made a, a mistake, which, well, you're the second part of the mistake. You're down a goal. There's, there's, there's a buzz. There was just so much toxicity in the ground and there was such a discomfort. I am actually quite ashamed of myself that I didn't, call people out saying look dude why are you booing him for because i was because i but it's like what, what's one thing i say against about a couple hundred fans they were just it was so uncomfortable and so a friend of mine who who actually this is how much he loves the club him and his missus they live in they live in europe i'm not gonna say where in europe but they're in they're scandinavia and um they they love the club so much now they've actually ended up moving here now because you know they come to something so often they just think well we might just move here and he was so upset. He had to. He, he had to literally walk off and walk out the, of the stand because he had to compose himself. It was so uncomfortable. I don't. I would like to say I don't remember the atmosphere being as this toxic. The last time I remember it being this bad was the Tim Sherwood era. That's when it was. It was this bad. And the weird thing was, I mean, I think, I think, well, we were fifth or sixth or something or eighth or something, but whatever we were in then. But it was just as if, like, the game wasn't over. I mean, we still could have turned it around. We obviously had done that against Bournemouth. Was it? I think after I saw you in, in Arizona, I think. Was it three days afterwards or something? Something like that, yeah. yeah. I saw you. Yeah. So we thought we could still turn it around. But it really was. It just felt like this. It, the game was doomed. And when they scored the second, you could just... Do you know what? I've The fact that they were cheering when he went off, Look, it wasn't a case of I can't remember, I can't remember who came on for him. It was it Kulish, it wasn't Kulishevsky, it was Dan Juma or something. It was Dan Juma. They weren't yeah. cheering Dan Juma, but they weren't cheering Dan Juma coming on. They were cheering that they booed every single touch he did, which I felt was wrong. It's like I understand booing like I don't know Jack Wilshire or something, but for example, six years ago Jack Wilshire, we, we did six years ago we booed the crap out of Jack Wilshire, ended up breaking his ankle, and we celebrated, you know. And I'm not saying that that was great of Spurs, that was horrible. But to see what we had done to one of our own players, we actually booed him. It was just so uncomfortable. And I understand it if he was like I don't know, did a Kurt Zuma or something. But Davis Sanchez's only crime was to make mistakes and not be not be in I, I don't know football shape. Not football. It's not not that he's not unfit, but generally like that that timing you need to have that ring rust off pitch rust, whatever you want to call it. And that was his only crime. And it's a football match. You know, right. He hasn't kicked that. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, just to put it into context, you know. And yeah, his crime he, was being and, put in a poor position by the club almost, too. I mean, he's 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 a guy who hasn't yeah. seen the field. He, he's been here for, what, six years now or something like that. I mean, it's it's one of those scenarios where he had a really good first season under Pochettino and hasn't really played all that much consistently since then and you know it's i think the thing that was 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 most disheartening to me aside from 
obviously what you heard inside the stadium was everything that came after and the abuse that he takes online. And a lot of that is obviously racially oh, motivated. Unfortunately, just, it's just, it's, it's awful. It's a terrible that, thing. I just skip. Do you know what? Here's the thing. Tottenham is ethnically one of the most diverse areas. I mean, the stadium is, isn't, isn't, but the, the, the area itself is very, very ethnically, ethnically diverse. And to ha see that shit in Tottenham, I mean, for those, I mean, just to put into context, I mean, it was this beautiful choir that sung in uh, Tottenham and back in the stadium, which, and that, that really reflected Tottenham. To see the online boost, I think, was it, did, did Pedro Porro, I think he shut down his account or something, or? Yeah, I think Sanchez like even that. did too, so, I mean, it's it's bad. And it's just, look, as you've said many times, the internet is a horrible place. I think you've said that quite a few times. So people people feel that they can say anything, oh, he's a millionaire football, he can take it. Look, you know, I'm never going to be for, sorry for a millionaire that much, but you know what? This is a guy who's 25 years old. He's a kid still. I mean, for me, he's a kid. He could be, he could be my kid. And to see the level of abuse he took from his own fans. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going, I'm going next week to the Man United game because some of my friends from Chicago are going to be there. But honestly, and a friend, and a friend of Scotty that he wants me to meet. But do you know what? If, if it wasn't for that and like some other friends coming for other matches, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be at the lane. I and I and the thing is I live to, I, I live like three miles away, and I don't want to be a Wahoo Lane. So can you imagine what it's like for everyone else that gets there, and is just you know the energy level is just I don't know what the, the best example is. Uh, do you know, like, do you know like when school's over, the exams are done, you're not going to learn it. People are just waiting for the summer holidays. It's like that. People are just waiting for the summer holidays because they are just tired of football. They just you know they want they, they just don't want to be at the club anymore. I'm, I'm curious about that vibe. That, yeah, I'm curious about that vibe that you share because, you know, like you said, you're someone who is a is a is an exchange and will go to games on occasion because you can because like you say, you're you're just miles away and and it, it feels like that's becoming more and more. I mean, even going back a few weeks ago when when some of us from over here in the States were out there, get, getting tickets to to the uh, the Forest game was was very, very easy on, on a Saturday. Like, it was not complicated. They were not expensive. Um, and this is going back about a month, uh, maybe five, five six weeks when, when we were out there for that game. I can only imagine what these final few games of the season are going to be like. And it feels like almost everyone just wants to hit a fast-forward button and get to that summer. And that's kind of something that we've been alluding to as well. I think they want to hit. They want to hit something. They just, honestly, if I, do you know what? We're going to have some stupid situation where someone's going to do something stupid and try and send, like, do you know, like they, do you know, those people send bullets and stuff like that, or they're going to try and, like, Daniel Leaves and have to get a bodyguard or something. That's how stupid it's coming. It's a bloody football match. It's a game. It's meant to be fun. And I just, honestly, I just, I just don't want to be in near the ground. Like I said, it's just, it's. It's so toxic and it's so, I mean, I think, um, so I'm going to the Palace games, a friend of mine's coming from California for that game. There's, there's, talks, there's talks about protests, there's talks about boycott in the match. Uh, you guys have seen me, you, you know, I rarely buy Spurs gear for myself, um, if ever. It's mostly, um, I buy official supporters club stuff because I just don't want to give the Enoch machine any money more than I already have to. And I think there's a real, there's just real anger and frustration, and but you, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I don't, apart from, I don't know how you take it out on the board or something, but you got to take it out on the players because if I was a, if I was one of the one of the other players, I'd want to down tools. I'm like, fuck that shit. I mean, don't be wrong. I remember, I think I told you last year when I think was it Bergwijn's goal of the season or something, and he took his award, but he wasn't really too bothered about it because he knew he was going. If I've got, there are players there that already have looking for the exit door, and I'm not saying they're and they're they're, they're professionals, blah blah blah, blah but. If you are not thinking, I'm not going to be here next year or this and that, what's the point? You're not going to put your, be- your best foot forward. You're not going to put that extra, put that extra bit of effort to that could cause you an injury because, but you want to you know, make that tackle. I'm not saying the players are shirking or anything like that, but I wouldn't want. I, you know, I'm thinking, why the hell would I plan on play for these guys? I remember I, there was years ago. I think Rooney screamed at the. Um, the 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 the, uh, the, the camera's face goes because he was really upset that, that the England fans were booing him. He just he was really upset. He goes like, "We know we didn't play well, but it doesn't it doesn't help." And I just don't think who helps. But I honestly I think fans have just got to that stage where they just don't know what to do. There's such an undercurrent frustration, and I'm really worried now because I'm glad that we're not those kind of fans. I mean, we have all those security checks so that we can't bring stuff in, but. You, you got to think that some fans are stupid enough to try and do something. And I'm, I'm genuinely concerned. I'm genuinely am. I'm glad there's no fights that have broken out because that has happened in the past. But it's just, it's a toxic atmosphere, mate. I just, honestly, if someone said to me, oh, uh, Shoban, I'm thinking about coming over for the last few games, I'll, I'll tell them, don't. If you can, come in, come, in the, come in the autumn, come next year. But don't waste your money coming now. Yeah. Honestly, because you will not, get that Tottenham that you that we all hope to give to you if that makes sense I it, it does I, I get what you're saying um, I'll get you out of here on this that the comparison that I made uh, on the weekend on, on the pod was was that Spurs are kind of like a, a, a nuclear reactor right now and you know how nuclear nuclear power plants need need a coolant to you know to, to, to stay at a, at a proper temperature in order to operate and it feels to me almost like the fan base believes that Mauricio Pochettino is that coolant, and he's the only thing right now that can bring the temperature back down to a suitable level. Where are you on Pochettino has to be the guy, or can it be someone else? Because to me, it feels like the temperature has risen to a level, and it's the kind of level that you're talking about where you're fearful that, you know, shit's really going to start to pop off. Um, but is is Mauricio Pochettino that the only the only proper coolant, or is there is there another option? Is it, is it, are, we, are you poach or bust at this point? I, the reason I'm not posh or bust is I just don't, I can't see someone like Daniel Levy admitting, by the way, I made a mistake. Because by, 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 by hiring him back, you're basically saying that, do you know what, I fired him five, five years ago, or however many, four years ago now, and everyone I've brought in, I've brought in four or five different managers, it hasn't worked out, and so therefore it's basically it's all my fault that the club did not do what they needed to do. Because if I'm Daniel Levy, I'm like, if I'm supposed to, I'll, I'll be like, well, you're going to have to really admit something. You're going to have to really admit that you shut the bed, didn't do this, didn't do that, and just say, look, we didn't we, we didn't back Mauricio when we should have done because of blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we did, and we, we kind of panicked. But this time, we're sorry, and we're going to try and give you the football you deserve. Could you imagine... Just to put it in context, could you imagine like the 
I don't know, the CEO of either IBM or BP do something similar like that. It's never going to happen. So I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening at Tottenham. Tottenham. I just can't see it. So I'm not saying I'm posture bust. I'm just saying I can't see Daniel Levy literally, I don't know, having to admit that he was wrong. Yeah. And in, in such a way. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, and beyond the fact that, do I think Pochettino is the right manager? It's a case of, well, what does he do? Because it's just like, yes, he salvaged. You know, if you, I look at that Tottenham team of 2014, the one he inherited, and obviously there was Hugo Lloris with Ericsson, with Jan, and there were three, yeah, and then obviously Moussa Dembele came, but, and then obviously developed, you know, he found a German Harry Kane, but I just can't, and, and a lot of other things did come right. Ericsson was there, but I just can't, I don't look at that club, I'm thinking, it's not just a case of Mauricio Pochettino. So many things have to change. Just to, I mean, I'll say to context, I am struggling. I mean, I know CC will say um, uh, Hoybier, and, and people might say um, Romero. But aside from those two, and maybe could, but you know, and Bentacop maybe, but I can't think, Kulishevsky is one of the ball. I can't think of any good signs we've really had since, say, 2015. I can't think of like when you look at a window and you said, you know what? That window gave us two or three years of consistent success. Yeah, you can say that about um, uh, Toby Adavero, Deli Alley, Trippier. You can't say that about obviously Bentico and Kuchesky haven't been being long enough. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. So many things have to change. And I just don't. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Pocha boss. I mean, I think I remember last two years ago I was, when um, I was in Mourinho when I was joking about I'd rather have the Dulox dog. Honestly, I'd rather have your cat as a manager. Honestly, yeah, because I just don't. Honestly, I just don't. I just, I just don't know. Because right now, I look at Stellini, and you know, we'll. He, and I'm not saying I don't want to have a go at him because everyone's saying when Conte was a manager, oh, and Stellini was doing a good job while Conte was ill. Oh, maybe we should, we should get Stellini inside. Now we have got him inside. It's like oh, get Pedro Porro, get Pedro Porro, and then we signed him, and then because he's not. Because he, because he has taken like a duck to water, you know, we're, we're slating him. It's like there's so many things that need to change. So you talk about a nuclear reactor. Well, I don't want a nuclear reactor to burn down because obviously that charming causes a lot more hassle. But I just don't know what it is. I mean, but Gary Neville said that, look, John, he had to burn the house down to rebuild this. And I don't know what the equivalent is, but it's like there's black mold in the place. I, I, like I say, because I actually had black mold released in my house, and we had to get everything out and literally top to tail, like repaint everything, take ages to dry it. And it's a long term process, and we're still suffering. I mean, we still haven't got all our stuff together. Can you imagine playing up with that for the next four, two or three years? Just, you know, to fumigate the rock, get rid of the termites or something, for one of a better example. I just don't, you know. So, is Poch the guy who's going to be the termite, the bug exterminator? Maybe, but it's not just about Poch. A lot of things have to change, and I just don't see. I'm sorry, I just don't see that happening. I really don't. I hear you, and your point about Daniel Levy is a good one. Obviously, um, a lot of people talking this week about the interview, or I guess Q and A type of thing that he did, which we will talk a lot more about. Uh, on the weekend, which which was published this week and and actually recorded about a, about six weeks ago, but uh, we will we will have a lot more to say about all of this 
on the weekend. Shuban, I'm going to let you uh, get to bed and, and get your rest. Uh, we will be back with more Tottenham Depot following the Newcastle match this weekend. Uh, you can follow him at The Real Shuban. Follow me at A Stedka. Follow us at Tottenham Depot. Until then, as always, come on, you first. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>